All right, I'm back. Chapter six is a long chapter uh, with the Black Woman's Guide to Understanding the Black Man. And this is part four. <clears throat> he is not seen readily preparing for the days of want which are predicted to descend down shortly upon the whole country. In the late 1920s, installment debt was introduced prior to the Depression, and the system of $1 down and $1 a week proliferated the start of the pre-spent income. Money received on Friday for working all week is already promised to someone for an item bought on Tuesday of the same week. Credit and credit cards are the greatest, most detrimental method of spending the black man has ever had access to. It gave him a way to get his hands on anything he wants by just signing on a dotted line. Heaven. There are four categories of product produced by European or Japanese, which the black man can be counted on to spend his money for. The four main categories of his major expenditures are clothes, designer, and related accessories, specialty cars, vans, and fancy stereo equipment and music, restaurants, including fast food takeouts, sports, and entertainment. Not only do they purchase these items regularly to keep up with fashion and technology advancements, but they willingly provide free advertisement by wearing or using products with the brand names boldly displayed in a conspicuous spot, like on their head, chest, or back. They memorize the brand names and whatever their latest product is. They have arranged these European and Japanese-made items into categories of which one is the best, the next best, and the barely acceptable. To see how they dress, they give the impression that they are rolling in dough. To date, it has not occurred to them to try to corner the market on the consumer goods that African Americans use and buy the most of. His great thrills are derived from having the ability to afford the things he desires to complement his image. No social reform group has ever been able to convince the black man to stop blowing his money on things that he could live without. He persists in financially enriching the very group of people who he claims treat him so badly. It as if it's as if when he emotionally desires to possess and own a consumer item, he suspends those ideas until the transaction is complete. It as it as if the European shopkeepers become temporarily a non-person when he goes to them to buy something. And once he leaves the store, his amnesia fades and he returns to his original politics that the white man is a capitalist. But they can be a capitalist without a steady stream of paying customers. The black man is a steady paying customer. It is as if he becomes so hypnotized by an item that this suspended state prevents him from recognizing the connection. It has a masochistic theme that suggests he wishes to reward his perceived oppressors for the privilege. The advertising specialists take great care to use creatively pointed language to attract select customers to a product. The intrinsic values <clears throat> created penetrate the egos of black men. The marketers create such an aura of accomplishment for an individual to be able to afford and own an item in such a magnetizing way that black men dashingly run to stores to make a purchase literally foaming at the wallet. The advertising contains other concept that plays on the emotions of consumers. 
in that they send out messages messages about a product suggest that the owning or wearing the product will create an improved feeling. They imply that ownership of a certain thing will make one feel better and become more powerful than a locomotive and able to leap tall buildings in a single paycheck. They do this by projecting the exclusively um exclusive uh, hold on the exclusive the tea of wearing designer brands by making jewelry jewelry so divine that one simply must have some to be considered whole or by portraying an item as a special status symbol denoting the wearer or owner as a superior black man have been indoctrinated with the idea that the top of the line items no matter how much they cost or what he needs to feel all right with himself and guarantee the continued ballooning of his ego. He has even been psyched into bragging about how much he spent on something. This is just another trick that psyches him into insisting on paying the ceiling for ceiling price for a selected item so he can always have the satisfaction of knowing and letting others know that he owns the Rolls Royce edition of everything he has. So they buy items that make them feel good and items that make shop owners feel rich. Few black men are willing to give up the accompanying thrill experience when they buy something designated by advertisers and the media as special bets. He does not ever want anything to think anyone to think that he is mediocre in his tastes or unable to afford something. This is not to say that the advertisers are wrong in this way. They sell their products. The black man has a responsibility, a responsibility to at least attempt to supply some of his own needs and desires and a responsibility to know when he's being gamed on. It is not the advertisers who are, who are at fault. It's him trying to develop his character based on wardrobe fantasy and state-of-the-art equipment. One of these days, very soon, the black man is going to regret not investing his hard-earned pennies on more sensible needs of survival. While the black man dislikes the fact that many Asian foreigners have come to America and progressed further in a shorter period of time than the black man has done in over 100 years, this is understandable because the black man is embarrassed and does not understand how they did it. The Orientals have established their own neighborhoods. They have their own churches, banks, hair salons, and video stores, and a long list of other businesses they built to serve their own people's needs and the needs of others. The, Korean, the Koreans, Japanese, Laetors, Vietnamese, and Chinese have in a relatively short time filled with long sacrifices imaged, imaged themselves as shrewd businesses dealers and unified workers. They have earned the respect of many Europeans due to their perseverance against scrutiny of their odd customs and language barriers. Nevertheless, they now buy up many small and large grocery stores, laundromats, dry cleaners, and the like. They purchase most of these businesses in the African-American communities. They have different value systems, so it takes them a while to understand the ways of American Negro and vice versa. But eventually, the Blacks start to patronize them out of necessity. They own Black men. They own the only stores in the proximity of where they live. The Black man is sometimes hostile to the Asians because he feels threatened that they are taking over their communities and treats them differently from the white shop owners who previously owned the businesses. 
The Orientals are usually diligent workers and keep their spot organized. The black man resents their this intrusion into his territorial world. However, the black man in some cases has shopped at the neighborhood grocer for all his life, and it never occurred to him to try to buy or run the business himself. Then he gets mad when somebody else more bus more industrious and willing to sacrifice comes along and seizes the opportunity to advance economically. It would not be surprising if the Orientals, through their attorneys or advisors, were directed to the black communities as fertile, dependable opportunities to make money every day, all day. It is no accident that they are slowly built, buying up all the business establishment available in the African-American populated areas. Everyone knows that the black man is a consumer. He buys from everyone else and sells to few. The Asians say that they do not understand what kind of problem the black man in America has. They say all they do is find a spot, stock it, open the doors, and the money walks right in. They say that making money in America is the easiest money they have ever earned. They report that some blacks come in and out of the stores several times a day and they and that they pay whatever the price is to get what they want. They say blacks eat all day long and drink alcohol just as frequently. In other words, the black man is totally dependent on others for survival, has short-term gratification goals, and is easy prey to anyone who can supply his needs. The black man should not be angry with the Asians. Instead, he should try to learn from them. True, they have never been the kind of slave the black man has been, but many of them endured hardships to get to America. It seems that everyone feeds off of the black man's disunity and laziness and failure to take responsibility of his own needs. Another interesting thing about the Asians is that it's very rare to see them shopping in Kroger, A&P, Pathmark, Jewel Tea, or 7-Eleven stores. It is equally odd to find them in major department stores or at the movies. The black men should wonder how do they get their food, buy their clothes, and manage to mind their own business. They keep in contact with their homeland culture and spend their money among themselves. They do not wear the latest styles, few name brand sneakers, no heavy gold chains, and no oriental drunks are seen on the streets, and nor does one find them living in subway stations or cardboard boxes in the park. They eat together, sleep together, shop together, and plan together. If they are in downtown areas, it is because they are working fruit or clothing stands. They set up early in the morning and close late in the evening. It is difficult to distinguish who is who and which tribe they belong to because they all tend to favor each other. When asked why they attract such a small markup on some of their products, they respond that they count and save every penny they earn. If they only make a few pennies per item, they are willing to do so because they are steadily stockpiling money. They have come to America against many odds to enjoy what they deem as a free enterprise system and for a better life for their families. Contrary to the negative opinion black men have about them, they did not come to America just to make the black men look like a fool. Okay, we're going to stop there. That is part four. And I don't know, but this is just exciting, maybe because I'm reading it, you know, but it is so exciting to me. And it's exciting to me because I love the fact that the word is getting out there. Uh, this is a book by Shirazi Ali. And I'm just Jerry reading this book and putting it on my podcast and sharing it with my sisters. And I know that they will discuss some part of it in some conversation with someone. Um, 
This is just the facts. And we see it right here in Carbondale, Illinois. We got businesses. Um, one of my friends, Miss Fern, asked me, what is this business that just opened up? You know, a new business opened up um, on the east side. And I had to tell her it's people who are, you know, Arabian Arabs or, you know, they may be Chinese. You know, I don't know, but there's somebody. They're not black people uh, across the street. There's someone else that's Arabian or some sort, um, some part of Middle Eastern that owns a store that Black people shop at. Right around the corner is the hair store, Mr. Kim's, that we know he's been there for years. And of course, Black people shop at that. The point is, and the liquor store that's right there. So you have four different businesses that's right here. One, two, three, four on a corner in a square. You can draw the square and it, they're all maybe 20 feet, 25 feet from each other, 25 feet. And they are of another race and they are where the black people go to all day long on the east side of town to buy food, to get liquor, sodas, Candy, hair, uh, you name it, cigarettes, um, and yeah. So there you go. So if that's not true, how is it true here in the small town? Because <laughs> it is. We've seen it. And it's something that we need to do something about. Uh, it starts with you. So me, I'm starting with me. Um I'm just going to continue to do more and more with my husband who knows, who have said some of these things to me. And that is why he is into build, not just only building a business, but make, helping it be a community business that he can get some other black brothers on board. So, okay.